David Lee mentioned in the children's sermon, we are beginning today a sermon series, a nine-week sermon series, where we will unpack FPC's tagline, Rooted, Reformed, Relevant. Three weeks of considering the word rooted, three weeks reformed, three weeks relevant. What is it we mean by that? What is it that we declare uh, to the world by that? Uh, Today, we're going to look at what it means to be rooted uh, in Christ Jesus. And next week, rooted is going to talk about being rooted in First Presbyterian Church in this specific congregation and the generations that have passed the faith on to us this day. And in the third rooted sermon, we'll talk about what it is to be rooted in, in, in Georgetown and the greater area around Rock and, and Austin and Central Texas, what it is to be the hands and feet and voice of Jesus rooted in this space, this place among these people. Today, though, rooted in Jesus Christ, and we have before us from the New Testament, John chapter 15, verses 1 through 5. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes to make it bear more fruit. You have already been cleansed by the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit, because apart from me, you can do nothing. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. I was teaching confirmation class this past week. We have eight exceptional students in the confirmation class, and at one point I had this class stand in a, in a couple lines, all distanced apart, facing in, in the same direction in that grassy area situated just outside the, the church's education building, just to the side of, of the breezeway, and they're all standing in that grassy area in two separate lines, and I, I faced all in the same direction, and I tell them, you know, the first question you're going to be invited to, to answer when you, when you become active, full members of the church, is this, trusting in the gracious mercy of God, do you turn from the ways of sin and renounce evil and its power in this world? I said, so now, pretend that that direction is the way of sin and evil, the direction you're now facing. What do you see? And they named it. You see, people who treat other people badly, they said bullying. Lying, cheating, stealing, selfishness. One said shadows. Not necessarily any one thing sinful or evil, but but rather just suggestive of a pervasive, shifting darkness, also fleeting and weightless. What would you add to that picture, that direction? Happy or blessed are those who... Do not follow the advice of the wicked or take the path sinners tread or sit in the seat of scoffers. In the Hebrew language, those verbs and nouns there in Psalm 1, verse 1, they, they, they purposely come together to suggest the prevalence and opportunity of wickedness and sin. It's just, it's right there. The thing is, the root word for wicked used here in, in Psalm verse 1 and in verse 4, it doesn't mean evil deeds, but rather to depart from the path. Wickedness absolutely can come in many terrible forms that I'm sure we can think of, but also in many seemingly benign forms that are in one way or another a departure 
from the path of God. I think this idea is underscored when we look into Psalm 1, verse 4, where we're given an image for what the wicked or the way of the wicked looks like. The wicked, those who walk in this way, they are like chaff that the wind drives away. If you've ever seen chaff winnowed from the grain, the chaff is this light, dry substance caught up in the air. And and for a few flurry-filled moments, it looks so busy and full. But in truth, it is quite weightless. It lacks any real substance. It's fleeting. And quickly, the wind carries it away. You heard in John chapter 15, Jesus say, Apart from me, you can do Nothing, which isn't exactly true. I mean, we can do a lot of things apart from Jesus, play, stay plenty busy apart from Jesus, accomplish much apart from Jesus, but Jesus is making the same point that the imagery of Psalm 1 makes. Yes, you can live life with a flurry of activity of this and that, but if it's done apart from God, removed from God, done without any measure of anchoring or nourishment from the Holy Spirit life, welling up from within, nourishing it within one's being, then fundamentally it is, it is nothing. It eventually blows away. What is the undercurrent that feeds our lives? What is the undercurrent that feeds our work? What is the undercurrent that feeds our church? Wickedness need not be all the terrible things that that we can think of. How often even it can be found in in the church as we churn out program after program or our schedules as we churn out activity after activity or, or we juggle this and that and the other, all of it done so marvelously, but we cannot remember the last time we honored the Sabbath or drank deeply from living water. I wonder if some of us are gathered and showed up today feeling somewhere deep down somewhat akin to this chaff in the wind, blown here and there, perhaps by all that's going on in the world or all that's going on in our lives or both. And so we've shown up aching, perhaps even at an unconscious level, aching to be rooted when so much seems very much uprooted. I asked the confirmation students if they were familiar about a, with a move that is done frequently in marching bands and, and military movements. It's, it's the about face. And together in that green grassy area uh, on the FPC property between the two buildings, we practiced doing about faces over and over so we could have a clean about face from the way of sin and evil and toward the way God. And I asked him, now tell me about this direction. What do, you, what do you see? What do you hear? What do you smell? What do you taste? Paint the picture of this direction. What would you say? Psalm 1 calls this direction the blessed 
direction. That's a, it's a word in Hebrew that speaks to a life deeply satiated and at peace. Even amid the come and go of any kind of circumstances, even when endeavoring upon great unknowns or challenges, the blessed, deeply satiated, at peace way. And unlike the wicked whose way can seem like such a flurry of fundamentally weightless activity, the blessed are given an image that suggests a fundamental stillness. The blessed are like trees planted beside water. Trees stand still. Trees remain rooted in one place. There is nothing nothing fast about trees. In fact, in some seasons, trees look Entirely dead. Eventually, though, in season, trees burst forth with fresh fruit and foliage. And and what does the psalm declare is the central difference between a life of, of weightless frenzy and a life of steady substance that, in fact, grows and endures even beyond one's lifetime? The difference between the way of of the wicked and the way of the blessed, the way of the chaff and the way of the blessed, it boils down in Psalm 1 to this singular thing, the blessed, their delight, the thing that gives them greatest joy, the thing that most invigorates them, their delight is in the law of the Lord, and on this they meditate day and night. And as Dr. Curry so powerfully reminded us in his sermon last week, the law of God, the law of the Lord is summed up in the command to love God and love neighbor. The blessed, you could say, their delight is in loving God and loving neighbor. Not a mushy love, as Dr. Curry put it, but a real love, a genuine love, a sacrificial love, a persistent love for all the right people and all the wrong people. Their delight is in the law of God, which finds its summation in love. I asked the students, right, to paint this picture in the the blessed direction, and, and they said joy, peace, love. One said food. One said, I see people helping people. And then one notice, we're standing in the direction of the education building itself and actually looking directly at the stained glass window there in the education building. And do any any of you recall what's, what's on that stained glass window? Jesus with two children. And so this student staring at the stained glass goes, this direction, this, the way of God, the blessed way, well, it looks like Jesus. Nailed it. We Christians believe Jesus to be the Word of God incarnate in the flesh, the the love of God incarnate in the flesh. And so you could say, another way to put it again is, the blessed ones are those who delight in Jesus and what Jesus has done and is doing and will do. Because Jesus is the Word of God, is Love, Or as John 15 puts it, the, the blessed, they abide, they remain in Jesus, and so they know a full and enduring fruitfulness. This begs the very practical question. Well, then how does one know their, their greatest delight to be upon Jesus and, and truly the things of 
this genuine love in all we do and say on our about? How does one abide in Jesus? How is one to live a life saturated in this space, in this way? Here is the good news of Jesus Christ. The answer is not that we really need to do two or three more things in our lives. The answer is not that we need to fix two or three things and and work harder on those and do better on those. The answer is not that we need to add a few extra spiritual exercises into our lives. It's not do more, work harder. The good news is this. Trees can't choose to plant themselves by water. By grace, Jesus has already replanted us in the current of the Holy Spirit. How many times does the Apostle Paul in his letter speak of us as living in Christ? Paul does not simply declare that we believe these things about Jesus who lived a long time ago or we we emulate things of this Jesus who lived a long time ago. Paul goes much further declaring that by the grace of God, we are pulled from the way of wicked. We are given an about face of grace. and, And this very day, we are planted and rooted in Christ Jesus. We abide in an eternal spring. And the truly beautiful thing about trees rooted by water is that the water is automatic. The water doesn't discern between the trees and give some here and not to others. Jesus doesn't flow more abundantly underneath super Christians or super denominations or, or, or extraordinarily super people. And Jesus doesn't flow less under those kind of Christians. The water feeds all the trees. The water only knows to keep feeding by its very nature. The water only knows to keep giving by its very nature. It is scandalously indiscriminate. Psalm 23 famously states that the good shepherd makes me lie down by still waters or quiet waters. Still there doesn't actually describe the water itself. In Hebrew, that's describing what the water does to the person who's lying down. The waters, these life-giving, nourishing waters, they still, they quiet, they anchor the anxious soul. This is the gift of grace about which we can do nothing. This is the life in which we are rooted both now and forever in Christ Jesus. Did you know you can go to San Gabriel Park, one of my favorite places to go in Georgetown, and, and there are spots where you can close your eyes and you, and you can hear. You can hear the people, the runners and joggers and families, and you can hear the cars coming and going. And, And you can hear the construction just over the way. But you can close your eyes, and there are certain spots where you can hear the water moving. Especially if you you go on some parts where, where the wind has picked up just a bit that day. And the fact of that water's presence makes clear why throughout along those banks you have these trees that have grown so wide and full and high throughout the years, even throughout 
droughts. The invitation of Psalm 1 is not to become busier, not to find one more good thing to do, not to try harder, but instead to close our eyes, not putting our fundamental trust in some of the dread dead branches we may see on ourselves or others, and instead simply to listen. The water flows beneath. The water saturates the roots. The water cannot help but be faithful. And in season, the same water that brought from death, life, shall bring forth from empty branches, tired branches, and broken branches the fruit of this water. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And we at First Presbyterian Church shall be what we have always been then by the grace of God, a forest of good news. Thanks be to God. Amen.